Amen? But he who looks into the perfect... I'm back in James. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Fascinating verse. Perfect law of liberty uh, is a contradiction in terms. The perfect law of living without law is really what it's saying. The law of living beyond the law, a place of perfect liberty. It's a perfect law of liberty. What does that mean? So living without law normally results in lawlessness. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. It, it, it results in lawlessness. It results in bad theology. It results in grace that runs people in a ditch. It leads to things like man's nature is inherently good and doesn't need redeemed. We just need to learn to think different about ourselves. You know, that kind of thinking was kind of prevalent in some of the grace movement. We don't need to repent after we receive Christ because we have nothing to repent for after that. But, but this law doesn't operate like that, though. This, ref, this refers to a departure from outer rules and regulations to an inner law. And this inner law is written in our hearts and in our minds. It's not just one, it's both. Jeremiah 31, 31, that's a really good place to kind of get a prophetic glimpse of that, says this, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I'll be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. And so the Lord here is talking about a time when he would establish a new covenant with his people through the blood of his Son. It's a blood covenant through the blood of his son. And in this covenant, we would not be handed a list of rules and regulations to follow. But the Lord would actually write his law into our minds and into our hearts. How does that work? It works by him giving us a new nature. And then the Spirit of God literally engraving. Uh, Jesus said, if, if I by the finger of God cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come unto you, right? So under the old covenant... The, God wrote the law into tablets of stone. Under the new covenant, he writes his law by his own finger into our hearts. And when the law of God is written into our hearts, demons are expelled. The strongholds are broken. The, the enemy no longer has a place to reside because God has taken this stony heart and turned it into a heart of flesh. He's changed our nature. 
and we begin just by following the law of God that he has written into our hearts, and living out of that, we fulfill everything that the law of Moses failed to accomplish. There's a new nature in you that if you will live out of that, you will fulfill all of the, all of the requirements that God put on people under the old covenant. And, but it's a perfect law of liberty. In other words, you don't have to have this list of rules to follow anymore. You have to, you have to understand that there's a new heart within you, a new nature in you, and, and begin living out of that instead of your old nature. And as you do, you will fulfill all the requirements of the law, which boils down to love. All of those old covenant laws, literally, if you live out of love, if you fulfill the law of love, which is called the royal law here in, in, the, in the James passage as well, if you live out of love, you'll fulfill everything that, that, the, that the law of Moses try to say, okay, don't do this to your neighbor, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. If you live out of love, you'll fulfill all of that. The problem is, uh, number one, we don't trust the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us. We don't trust our ability to follow him. And number two, we don't bother developing enough of a relationship with him. If we, if we are listening to his voice and living out of who he is within us, we're going to fulfill all of that law. Now, if it was only written in our minds, it wouldn't require action in order to be active. But he doesn't just write it in our minds, he writes it in our hearts. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, or the perfect law of liberty, is written on fleshly tablets of the heart, and we live from that place. So it has to go from information to heart reality. Because here's where we store all kinds of... You know, you know the churches a lot of us grew up in? They gave us a lot of information, taught us all the, principle, the right principles to live out of, all the formulas in order to accomplish, you know, 10 steps... Yeah, whatever that is. All those formulas that we thought, if we can find just the right formula, we can find a breakthrough for every situation, right? Um, I don't know about you, but I, for, for, uh, for a while, I did my best to live up to that. And I almost made it a couple of times. I was so close. Just, I, you know, you ever see a dog chasing his tail? He almost had it a couple of times. But. but not quite. Because the Lord didn't allow fallen Adam to have what it took to redeem himself. His own hand brought forth salvation, and that was Jesus. And if we could do it ourselves, we could do it with our own ability, or if we could smart, uh, uh, go to someone who was smart enough to figure out how to, how to lead us into it or whatever, then we wouldn't have need Jesus in every situation. But it's all about him. James 2.12 says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. 
For judgment is without mercy to the one who's shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So something about this perfect law of liberty that has received mercy. There's a, the heart that operates out of that has received mercy. And because that heart has received mercy, it extends mercy. So not only are we a living demonstration of what forgiveness and mercy looks like, but we carry that with us everywhere we go. Not, th this goes from a two-dimensional image to a three-dimensional invitation, a portal into something. Once we've received mercy from the Lord, once we understand what we've been forgiven of. You know, uh, Amanda and I have had this... this uh, discourse over the years where, where she's felt that maybe she couldn't experience the, the level of love and mercy and forgiveness and all of that that I did because she was never in the, the depths of sin that I was when I got born again. I'm like, no, we, we, I just have a, more of a realization of what I've been forgiven of maybe because of where I was. I was in this dark black pit that had no light in it. And so when I was born again, it was like taking somebody out of a dark dungeon and bringing them out into full sunlight. And, the, and that transformation is so powerful. It was an experience that everybody noticed, you know, and, and most of all me. And, and nevertheless, every one of us was in that place. For, for some of us, it just takes a little longer to realize what we've been forgiven of, you know. And, and sometimes uh, the, the hardest people to, to realize how much they've been forgiven of is good people. You know, people who lived the moral life, people who didn't have a lot of failure in their life, all of that. Uh, and nevertheless, we've all been forgiven just as much. And, uh, and so if we've received mercy, we have an assignment to extend mercy. And, and uh, so, but, but back to putting your faith into action. Now, I really felt like there's, there's going to be a bunch of people in the room today that you've been praying for breakthrough in certain areas. For some of you, it's physical healing. Uh, for some of you, it's circumstances in your family. Uh, some of it may be maybe jobs or, or financial things, uh, direction, whatever it is. Um, and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to challenge you in a good way. Um, and that is that we're to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? to demonstrate my faith in what I've been praying for. How do you want me to activate my faith? Because in order for the Lord to use us in that way for others, we've got to be willing to receive that for ourselves. We can't give something we don't have or something that we're not willing to engage in ourselves. And so if you're in this situation where you, or you've been believing God for something, I want to lead us in a prayer today, and then we're going to... We're going to uh, have communion and uh, transition into our into our meal. I want you to uh, uh, just pray with me. Jesus, most of us here in this room have situations in our life that we've been believing you for. And some of us have been saying, "How long?" Some of us have been saying, when is this going to happen? Who are you going to send? Is 
is it going to be Todd White? Is it going to be so-and-so hearing your voice and picking up the phone and offering me that job? Is it going to be you getting through to my, my hard-headed husband? What's it going to be? But today, Lord, I ask that you would show each one of us. We've already confessed we want to hear your voice. That we want to, we want to see what you see. That you would show each one of us how we can step into in faith what we've been praying for. How can we activate our faith? We're, we're making the determination today that we're not going to be passive Christians, which is kind of a contradiction in terms. But we're going to be active, and we're going to actively step into what we've been believing for. And Lord, would you show us what that looks like for each one of us? How we can demonstrate the faith that you want us to engage in. You know, so many times when Jesus healed somebody, you know what he would say? He said, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say, I made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. So, Lord, all we need is enough uh, the size of a mustard seed and be willing to put it to work. So would you show us, Lord, whether it's through a picture through a dream, through just through a word of knowledge, through a scripture verse, whatever it is, show us how we can actively engage in faith in the process of receiving the answer that we've been praying for. I heard a preacher say years ago, and it stuck with me, the Lord's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. That's true. He is a respecter of faith. Jesus said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? I want him to find some here. I want him to find some here. I want him to find some in every one of your lives. Amen. Um, we're, going to, we're going to transition to uh, communion. While we're setting that up, Pastor Walt, would you come and greet the congregation and tell us something that's on your heart? Scoop, scoop some gold off the top there, would you? Hallelujah. Ah, you don't know. I just, you, somebody said, are you saying anything today? I said, the Lord knows. But uh, in my heart, as Pastor Uri been ministering, you know, one of the things that really uh, come across is the faith that when you had me come and we launched the pro-life ministry, you know, one of the things in my heart was, Lord, I want to go out more to speak around the country. And this year, even in the midst of COVID, I've had more given, been given more opportunities to go speak. And not only to go speak, but they also take, give me an offering. And a lot of the pro-life movement, they don't give offerings for you to come to speak. And I have a three ahead of me that they're saying, whatever you say, we're going to give to you. Now, that's a God thing, folks. 
Come on, get the Lord a hand clap. That's a God thing. I'm not, I'm not looking for that money, but what I'm saying is they, they give to others, and a, and a lot of it is they don't, not a lot of African-American preachers that preach pro-life get invited to a lot of places, and now that door has been opening for me and Darlene. So that's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Amen? And then the other thing, you know, God put on my heart, you know, he always puts me in positions. And I've shared with, it with this, those are members that I've shared this with you all before. God always put me in position that I have to stand up for my white brothers and sisters. I'll be in meetings. I've been in meetings. I've been in meetings with all black pastors. And God said, don't go back to that meeting. Because what he was preaching, what he was teaching today is, why would you be involved with something that is faithless? And they call themselves preachers. Why would you be involved with something like that? And I said, I will never go back to those meetings with their intent on being separate from the body of Christ. Amen. And then the third thing, in my position that I have, and don't go back and tell the government, the prosecutors, I, I'm in meetings with the police, pastors, this and this group, and I'm always the one. I said, Lord, why me? I got to stand up, and I hear them talking negative against the police, and I have to stand up, and I have to defend the police. But that's the, that's the faith that I, I ask God, give me faith to stand but when I was here, Pastor, and you all blessed me, and we launched this outreach here in, in uh, Wayne, with this Wayne County for, for pro-life, God has, boom. And then the last thing, yesterday I was coming home, and I knew my wife was up at the abortion, abortuary in Cuyahoga Falls. And I was coming home, and I saw two young men, uh, a black kid and a white guy, about 18, 19 years old. But the white guy was carrying, he had something in his hand. I said, it looked like a baby. And when I drove up on it, I pulled on the side. I was in the road. I just stopped, put my window down. I said, man, I said, let me see that baby. And I blessed that baby. I didn't even know these people, but they were going to a car. And I said, I want to, I want, that. he was holding the baby. The baby was so little. It was in his hand. I said, let me touch that baby. Because I knew my wife was up at the abortuary where they were killing babies. And the last thing is, you know, we come. And my wife, I told her yesterday, God said, you need to go here. Because here's what happens. Every time I come here, I hear the voice of God clearer. Come on, clear. And so when I need it, when I know I need to hear from God, it doesn't matter who's speaking. It's, it can be through worship. I get my notepad because God speaks. So why, my question is, why wouldn't you want to be here? If you know God's going to move and God's going to speak. And as Pastor said, it's not who the speaker is. It's the presence of God in this place. 
I'm containing myself. I want to run. I want to shout. It's so good. The worship was so good, but you know, we don't get it sometimes. God is speaking. And what was the word? The word was you got to have, I got to have faith in believing that God's grace over my life. When I was in college for four years, I didn't realize, Pastor Yuri, I didn't realize what it was to have a scholarship, a kid from the projects, from one mom, mom, just my mama. I didn't realize how much that valuable that God set that up. I got the last football scholarship that Ohio had in 1973. And when I went and left the projects, it was God that called me deeper into him when I got to college. And I didn't realize the value of that scholarship, of getting that degree in four years. And sometimes we don't realize the value of our Christianity. And when I was at my brother-in-law's funeral three weeks ago in Kentucky, he was a sergeant, a commanding sergeant major, 89 years old, had passed away. And we went to the cemetery, to the uh, veteran cemetery at Fort Knox. And I was riding in a limousine. I was the only one in the back because it was a few of us. His wife couldn't come to the funeral. She was sick. And my wife stayed with her. And so I'm the only one riding in the back of the limousine. And when I saw this ride five miles from the funeral home, here's what I saw. On this country road, four lanes, he got seven police car escort going there. What I saw, Pastor Yuri, I saw people on the left side of the road, two lanes, pull over. As the car was, limousine was coming, we had an American flag in the front and the funeral flag there. I saw people pull over. They didn't know who was in that car. But they were saluting. Get some of them got their cars and saluted this Vietnam veteran who had died. And at the funeral, at the cemetery, when I saw the military, I saw two young black officers take that flag and fold it up and give it to the uh, sergeant major who gave it to his son. And when that, in that service, I said, where is the Black Lives Matter, folks? They need to be here. They need to be here. This man gave his life to this nation. It wasn't about the color of his skin. It was about the love that he served. And our Christianity is so valuable. Yes, I hate to see what's happening in Afghanistan, but I also hate to see what happened in China when thousands of Christians have already had their lives slaughtered in North Korea. Mamas and daddies were children were killed because they didn't want them to have a Bible and they wanted a Bible and they were slaughtered. Nobody remembers that. And so our Christianity is valuable. And you're valuable. You don't ever have to be up here to know and to believe and to have faith that you are, I'm a valuable person. Somebody said, I'm a valuable Christian. Come on, I'm a valuable Christian. The devil, the, uh, the devil is my enemy. Say that. The devil is my enemy. And 
And you know what, what God showed me when I touched that baby girl, that little girl, I didn't know, know her from anywhere. God said, you sealed her life. And oh, here's what he said, brother. He said, she will always know that she's a woman. Hey! And your baby will always know. What is that, little girl? Your baby will always know that she's a woman. Come on, all these children, all these little babies in here. God said, whatever they are, they will always be that. Why? Because they're Christians. Come on, give the Lord a hand. God bless you. Hey, Walt, hang on. So, I, uh, Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We salute you, brother. Um, I saw you running toward a walled city like David ran toward Goliath. And Father, you've, you've birthed so much faith and courage in this brother by the battles that he's fought in the past. It's kind of like David practicing on the lion and the bear because God was preparing him for Goliath. And all the battles in his past have been preparing him for, for the battles that are in front of him now. And there's some walled cities that you're going to use him to help bring down those walls. And Father, we just ask for... Uh, those assignments to become realities for him. And we're, we're just blessing him today and decreeing that, that you ain't seen nothing yet. You've, you've not been afraid to engage in battles uh, that, that have gone against the norm for, for someone who's from your culture. You've not been afraid to stand for truth. And now the Lord's going to use you to bring down major strongholds of the enemy just because of your courage and your lack of fear. And, and, and we declare over you that your faith is going to elevate you to new levels now. And God's going to give you bigger assignments. And Father, we're asking that you would help this body right here to continue to pray and support him and uh, uh, Walt and Darlene in their assignments and that they would always feel like they have family here when yes. they come here, that they could always feel like they're coming home yes. and that there's a place here for them and that we have hearts that are connected to theirs. And we bless them. We ask, Father, that they would never lack for provision to do what you've called them to do in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. You. You're a blessing. Henry Groover was uh, a friend that we had in common. Whenever Henry would come around, he'd speak at this church. He'd speak at uh, Walt and Darlene's church. They were pastoring at the time at uh, uh, Canton Foursquare. And, uh, and their church was the place where, where Henry got healed of his cancer when he was dying of cancer. Got instantly healed in a service there one time. And uh, so it's always been a place of faith. These guys have been part, champions of faith. 
so many times they're going up against uh, incredible odds without fear, with faith and courage, and the Lord's just going to elevate them because of that. <sighs> Jesus, today we thank you for your broken body and your shed blood. You said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. And so today we thank you for your body that was broken for us. And as we eat this bread, we receive the wholeness that you paid for through your brokenness. We ask that you would be very real in the midst of our, our taking of this bread. I'm reminded of the time when the two who were on their way to Emmaus knew him in the breaking of bread. Their eyes are open to see who they were actually having a dialogue with. Today I ask Jesus that you would reveal yourself as we break bread together, as we partake of this precious broken body of Jesus through faith. And as we drink of this cup, we thank you, Lord. You said this is the new covenant in my blood. And we thank you, Lord, that the new covenant cancels out every lesser covenant that came before. And so let it, every covenant with death, every covenant with sickness and disease, every covenant with poverty, every covenant with uh, broken relationships, let all of those covenants submit to the new covenant that is in your blood today. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that we get to partake of through faith today. And after that, we thank you for, for the table that is spread for your people to fellowship over. We ask that you would continue to minister to us as we break bread together in the natural. In Jesus' name, amen.